Hey, it's Carmen Peace, and you're listening to Michael's Record Collection. Hey everyone, Michael Citro here. Welcome to Michael's Record Collection, the podcast where we talk about great music with the people who make it and the people who love it. This is episode number 84. This show features the return of legendary drummer Carmine Apice from Vanilla Fudge and Cactus and Rod Stewart and Ozzy Osbourne and King Cobra and Blue Murder and DNA and Beck Bogert and Apice and on and on and on. Carmine is a legend. I invited him back on to discuss a new album that just came out from Golden Robot Records. It's called Vanilla Zeppelin. It is what it sounds like. It is a Led Zeppelin covers album by the original lineup of Vanilla Fudge. Now, this was originally released under the name Out Through the Indoor, and that record company went out of business. So Golden Robot remastered it, re-released it, a little bit different artwork, different name, different running order. They put it out. And it seems to have caught Carmine a bit off guard. But talking to Carmine is always great. It's always a little bit of an adventure, what you're going to end up talking about when you get him on the line. So I wanted to bring you that interview, and you'll hear some clips from Vanilla Zeppelin as well. Of course, they give these Led Zeppelin classics their unique vanilla fudge treatment. Before we get to that interview with Carmine, please let me remind you that you can visit michaelsrecordcollection.com. And there's links to everything, my social media, which is at Mike's Records on Twitter and Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. There's a link on my website for my free newsletter. You can sign up, get it every week in your inbox. And there's also a link to my Patreon site where you can find out the different levels of support, what you get for them. And for as little as $2 a month, you can support this independent podcast and my independent newsletter. All right, with the housekeeping out of the way, very happy to have Carmine Apice back on the show. Let's get to that interview. Here we go. Welcome to Michael's Record Collection. I'm very happy to welcome back to the show the legendary drummer Carmine Apice. Carmine, welcome back. Thank you. Well, you got a nice uh, microphone there set up. <laughs> yeah, very, I don't, very I don't know professional if I, looking. I don't know if I had this last time we talked, but uh, I don't remember. I, that, sounds a little that's, better. That's a nice. That's a nice setup. <laughs> Uh, we're here to talk a little bit about Vanilla Fudge, the uh, the new Vanilla Zeppelin album that was released on September 30th through Golden Robot Records. Now, Carmine, is this a digital-only release, or is there a physical product planned? I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We, um, I'm not sure, because we, we gave it to Golden Robot before before the uh, COVID thing. And, oh, wow. Uh, and I really don't like the name, tell you this, Vanilla Zeppelin. You know, it's could have come up with something better. We we used to call it Out Through the Indoor. Mm -hmm. You know, it was released in 2005 or six, something like that, a seven maybe. And and it was on a label that went out of business when it came out. So okay. we, we recorded it with the original band, Analog, back in those days. We mixed it and it, was, it came out great. And then, you know, we had no label. So we just used to sell it at our gigs. Mm -hmm. you know, we made it up at our gigs. And then just before um, just before COVID, we we gave this and we were going to do another record called, that's probably where they got it, a Supreme Fudge, we were going to call it. And we were going to do five or six uh, Supreme songs and the rest, a couple other R&B, and then and maybe a couple of originals. 
But that never happened because of COVID. We did get Stop in the Name of Love out with Tim on it, four original members. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, then COVID hit, and that was the end of that. And, you know, I got a studio. I moved to Florida to have my own studio. So I had to redo the drums, which I did, you know. And then uh, we released that, I guess, last year with a video. And, right. You know, but you know, it's very hard to come up successful with an old band. I mean, none, none of the old bands play and sell what they used to sell. Mm-hmm. You know, even Rod. I went to see Rod in January, and he had a new new song out, got a million views on YouTube, which really don't mean nothing anymore. No. You know? And and he said, you know what? I have a new album out, but nobody gets. And he said something like, nobody hears it. Nobody knows the song, so we're just going to play the hits tonight. <laughs> and the whole audience cheered, and that's all they did. They yeah. played the hits. So it's the same thing with, with everybody. You know, we, With us, it's a little different than Ella Fudge. When we have a new song, it's usually a song, a rearrangement of another song, so people know the song, and they get to see what we've done to the song, like this album, you know? Yeah. And Stopping the Name of Love. The songs don't really come alive until you play them live. You know, it was like that with all our songs on the first album every album you know so the song stop in the name of love we play live and when we finish the song people cheer sure they see what we've done to it yeah and we do days and confused into babe i'm gonna leave you from the zeppelin album you know mm-hmm. uh live and again that came up really you know better by playing it live because now we change it again from the arrangement we have on the on the actual album, because we do, Dave, I'm going to leave you in the middle, and we change it to like a more of a, a shuffle instead of going doom doom doom. So we go doom 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 da 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 doom 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 like that, like a jazzy thing, you know. And then Mark sings it a little more jazzy. Yeah. And we go into the bam, 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 you know, and then back to the jazzy thing. So it makes it a little different. Lots of people talking, few of them know the soul of a woman was created. go into babe i'm gonna leave you and then we go into the solo from days and confused after it but when we finish that song same reaction people flip out yeah because uh, they know the song and they can see what you're doing to it versus versus if you do a new song they don't know you'll get a nice applause but yeah. not until they really know it will they go crazy over it you know yeah and these songs obviously are very well known they just don't know what you guys are going to do to them because uh right. 
Whenever exactly. you, whenever you guys give it the vanilla fudge treatment, you put your own stamp on it. And um, so you've, you've cleared up one of the questions I had. So this, this release is essentially a remastered um, version of out through the indoor that you, that you guys released in 2007. Right. And I haven't heard the remastering. So they did it all not on a slide, but we started releasing singles, you know, on the first one was an immigrant song, I think. videos to go with it i think we we helped them with that first video you know and uh you know when we did the stop and name of love we did a whole video you know we had a, my guy do the video and all that mm -hmm. i don't remember what we did on the zeppelin one i have to look on the immigrant song but you know and then they could then they released another one no video another one no video and another one no video and then i was doing an interview like this and somebody said so uh, what do you think of the uh, Vanilla Zeppelin album? I said, the what? Because <laughs> we didn't even know it was coming out, you know, because oh, no. the manager that put that together, we actually changed managers. Mm. You know, so I don't even think he knew, to tell you the truth. Carmine, there shouldn't be any surprises when the band puts out a release, should there? <laughs> well, this wasn't really a, um, but this was part of a deal that was part of a deal. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Uh, the deal was that the Supreme Fudge album was going to be a whole deal with a new advance, a new budget and everything. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know who asked or who mentioned the Zeppelin album, and they they gave it to him for, you know, pennies, really, you know, just to get somebody to release it because gotcha. it wasn't released. All right. And then, and then because they didn't have the Fudge Supreme Fudge album, they started putting this out. Okay. Know? Um, <laughs> the last time I talked to you, I know that they had just re-released Pink Floyd's Momentary Lapse of Reason, but you hadn't heard the new mix that they did. Have you heard it since then? I have not heard it. No, they haven't given no. you a copy yet. <laughs> no, I mean, the, nobody's in touch with anybody anymore. Mm. You know, oh. I mean, it's, it's a shame, but, uh, you know, everybody that like Pink Floyd guys, are they're in their own world now. You know, um, yeah. so we're living, we're doing a BBA live into London Rainbow next year, brand new, you know, never released in uh, seven new songs. Plus, it's a 50th anniversary, like box set kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's going to be that one and live in Japan in one package. Oh, okay. Um, there might be a couple of bonus tracks. I'm not sure what they are. We're working with Rhino, who's going to release it, and my, my manager is working with 
Jeff's manager. And my manager represents me and Tim and Tim's estate. And uh, mm-hmm. I heard it. I, I mixed it with Jeff's manager, uh, Jeff's engineer. So it's it's pretty cool, you know, a pretty cool record. This is the last record you'll hear Jeff rocking. They're playing rock, not not the jazz rock he's doing now. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, playing all out trio, you know, kick ass rock, you know. He's great now. I just saw a video of him uh, last year at the Crossroads Festival. He's freaking amazing. And nobody nobody experiments with a guitar like him, you know. Yeah. He's great, you know, like like I experimented with drums and drum sounds and drum you know, sizes of drums and cymbals and helped develop he pioneered the drums, you know, with Ludwig Drum Company and all that. You know, and he's still doing it, you know, and it was awesome. Yeah. You know, I'm experimenting with music and uh, I'm doing a storytelling uh, show. I'm just starting up and uh, I got in. It's funny, I, I just did a, a, a record, you know, I did my first record last year. I don't know if you heard about it, it's called A Peace Podomo Project. Mm-hmm. It's an instrumental, an instrumental album. Have you heard that? Or yeah. yeah. About it? Okay. So we and then we did a like a rock, not jazz rock, more of a rock jazz instrumental version, reggae version of Dealing I'm Sexy. like a heavy instrumental rock version of uh, maybe I'm amazed with gospel backgrounds. So this time we redid that Kate Bush song. That's so big now. Oh, running up the hill. Yeah. We yeah. redid it instrumentally and made it really heavy rock, not heavy metal, like Metallica. Yeah. You know, hard, heavy, hard rock instrumental version. That's really, really cool. We're doing a video for it Monday. It's on Cleopatra Records, and we have a volume two of that album. Uh, you know, I don't know what we'll call it. Maybe we'll call it Running Up the Hill. I don't know. <laughs> we'll yeah. have to be on the lookout for that. Yeah, uh-huh. and it's really, really good. And we've got, drum, we've got a song called Drum City. We've got a song called uh, Biker uh, Biker Gang, you know, mm-hmm. and really, really cool songs, you know, really cool titles. One's called Fu Manchu, you know, <laughs> you know, okay. and very you know like the other album you know some time signatures are very well done melodically his melodies his hooks melody hooks we got great players on it we got tony franklin on the track we got jimmy haslett oh, nice miela jacks on two tracks we got billy sheen on the track we got derek sherinian on the track and we got bumblefall on the track you know wow the last time we didn't have any guests we just had derek yeah this time the, the label said why don't you get some of your friends to play on it so we did it, and my my buddy Pat Regan's mixing it, 
Yeah, he's awesome. We just finished a King Cobra record with Pat also. And we, we, we shot my part of the video last Tuesday. And that's going to be coming out this year also. So I'm still, you know, busy doing things. You are very busy. And, I, and I'm trying to do new things, you know. Yeah. Like the King Cobra record is more like Led Zeppelin meets King Cobra. You know, so I got this studio in my house. I can create that Andy Johns, Carmine Led Zeppelin sound, you know, like the Hot Legs drum sound, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I'm doing a lot of experimenting in there. And, and with Fernando, my partner, uh, we got some really wild musical things going on, you know. It's really cool. It's not jazz rock. It's more like rock jazz, you yeah. know. It's more of a rock you know, a lot of bands, you know, even like Blow by Blow is more like a jazz rock, you know, those kind of albums with jazz rock. This is more of a rock jazz. It's the overtones of rock, but there's some jazzy things in there. Yeah. Like the time signature. It's progressive rock, basically. Okay. And so, instrumental. It's really cool. I recently talked to Arthur Brown. I had Arthur Brown on the show, and he um, he just released, in fact, as we record this, it came out today his album Monster's Ball, with a re-recording of Fire that you played on. That's right. I'm with uh, Brian Auger. Yeah. How, how did that whole thing come about with Arthur and you? Well, I'm, I'm working the, the Cleopatra Records is a label that's been around since 92. I know the owner mm-hmm. when he first started it. And one of the first records he did in like 94, 95 was my King Cobra, The Lost Years. I know him for a long, long time. We did we did a bunch of stuff with him. We did uh, a Travis the Peace re-release. We did Spirit of '67 with uh, the Fudge. And I did a bunch of all those tribute albums he used to do in the '80s and '90s. You know, so he called me up and said, "Look, uh, I know you got your studio. We're going to do something with Brian, with uh, we do Fire with Arthur Brown. I'd love for you to play on it." I said, "Sure, man." You know, anything a year ago. When I first got my studio or two years ago, that I can do, I did because I needed to learn how to work it more, you know, <clears throat> or, mm. you know, become an engineer. And now I'm the engineer of my own drum sound, you know. So I did that track and I played to whoever was on it at the time. And then Brian said, the, the owner said, we're putting Brian Auger on the track. I said, oh, really cool. I never even met Arthur Brown of late. I met him back in the day, the old days, in yeah. 67, 68. But then when I heard the finished product, I said, he still sounds the same. <laughs> yes, you know? he does. And I, and I really loved what, uh, what we did with Brian and everything. on. I really loved that. I thought it sounded great. Yeah. Now, so, now, when you were, when the fudge originally came out, did you guys play the UFO club? No. No? Never played there? Where was the UFO club? So mm-hmm. in, in London, uh, it was. Uh, <clears throat> we played the speakeasy. Okay. You know, that was. When we came up, that was the big club. Everybody was there when we played the F and the Stones, Jeff Beck and the Yardbirds and the Who and all the, all the groups that were big in that time. They were at the speakeasy at that time because they all loved that first album. They all loved it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about the uh, the, the uh, Vanilla Zeppelin original lineup. Mark Stein, Vince Martell, yourself, and um, Tim Bogart. And the late Tim Boger. The late Tim Boger, yes, yeah. late great. Given the Zeppelin catalog, uh, when you guys were putting this together originally, how did you choose which songs you were going to do? And, and did you record some others that didn't make the, the album or no? No, it's pretty much recorded everything and used it all. 
I don't really remember the process. You know, it was just like songs that we liked, songs that Mark thought he could sing great, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, with Robert Plant's vocals so different, you know, you had to have uh, songs that Mark would sing good and Vinny sang one song, I sang a song or two, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I think I sang uh, Trampled Underfoot. Another one. I forget the other you, one. Days, you did days. Uh, Dancing Days. Yeah. Dancing Days, yeah. And, and then Vince did Rock and Roll. Right. Vince did Rock and Roll. And he did different phrasing on Rock and Roll. Understood the intro of rock and roll that John did, you know, <laughs> but a lot of people do, but I never did, so I just did it my own way, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, you know, there was no real magic in what we did, or we just songs we we liked and songs we thought we could sing well. Okay. There's no use in doing a song if it ain't being sung well, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys we did. Didn't, we didn't do uh, "Stairway to Heaven" because we thought that song was so big at the time. <laughs> we didn't want to touch it. And it was already, you couldn't do much to it because they already did a, like a vanilla fudge words, version of it, you know? Mm. It was a build up and, you know, crescendos and dynamics. And, you know, and by the end, it was all big. You know, that's what we used to do. So yeah. we thought they already did that. So why even bother that, you know? Yeah. These 12 songs cover <laughs> all of the Zeppelin studio albums except for the Presence album. It was there. Was there just not anything on that album that interested you guys? We didn't even view it like that. Oh, yeah. You're the second one I did today that said that. <laughs> Was that something that they wrote as the, the record company put out? No, no. It just oh. It's curious when you when you start to look at these, like you did oh. you did four of them off the first Zeppelin album, and then right. there were a couple that you did two from, and then one from a couple other albums. So it was it's, it just stuck out because it was the only <clears> one. <throat> yeah, well, we, we didn't really think of it like that. 
we just did it, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but you're the second one of uh, I just you're my fourth. So two of the four said the same thing. Yeah. He probably asked you this question before too. When you're when you're approaching these songs, how much of it is you wanting to bring your own flavor to the songs and how much of it is wanting to to pay tribute to John Bonham? Well, my style, you know, was influential on John's style. So the way I would play something would be similar in feel, you know, so you had the same kind of feel. So I just did whatever, you know, tried to play, play, uh, play tribute sometimes and, and play my own stuff. Like we, we did Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did my own solo. Yeah. I wasn't going to try and imitate his solo. You know, I think I even played it a little different leading up to it. tribute we did on uh, one of those bonzo bashes it's on youtube it's got i don't know close to a couple of million views where i did black dog so i was like black dog i don't know if we did black dog we, we didn't do black dog right not on the record no. <clears throat> yeah on the record we should have i really loved that one and, and i did it and i played it my own way you know and you know all those comments would go wow oh, he didn't even play it like bonzo i mean come on dude you know <laughs> If you want to hear that, you can always go back and listen yeah, to the original. I mean, I don't want to. I've never done that. I'm, I can't even remember what I did on a record. <clears throat> you know, when I do a video, I have to like, like the other day we did the King Cobra video. And I had some really cool drum fills on it. I don't remember what I did. I just play what I feel. Yeah. You know? So when it comes to doing a video, I play the song. And if I hear the fill go by, I play it the next time in the same place. So the videographer can get me playing the show once I hear what I did. And some of it, I had to work out what I did. And then I did another version really soft. And I just did the fill, you know? So, so the worst thing, I'm, the least I'm going to do is try and play note for note what Bonzo played, you know? But yeah. I played it. I thought I played it really well, you know? Yeah. And we had a lot of fun with it. The audience that was there liked it. And uh, you only get these idiots on YouTube. You know, same thing when you get something in Blabbermouth. You know, you ever read the, the comments in Blabbermouth? Most of them are negative. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I have trouble with I have trouble with Blabbermouth because they're very uh, clickbaity. You know, they want they want to get your clicks. So they're they a lot of times they sensationalize the headline to get you to click on it, and then it's not really about yeah, that or whatever. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So the out of these twelve songs, I I feel like 
first of all, it was it was interesting that Golden Robot changed the the running order from out through the indoor. There's a there's three songs that are still in the same position that they were, but they moved. Uh, you guys did have Immigrant Song first. They put Rock and Roll first, which kind of makes some sense because Rock and Roll is that it, it's really well known and it, it's upbeat yeah. and up tempo and it gets you going. So you guys didn't really have any say, and obviously in the in the track listing or anything, because you didn't even nothing. know it was coming out. <laughs> we we knew nothing. I'm very surprised that, but again, we changed the manager, so we knew, mm. you know the manager might have been contacted, and he just you know, like him. It's usually if, I think if they would have contacted him, he would have contacted us, but I don't think they did. Yeah, and I think they just did their own thing, and like I said, they didn't pay a lot of money for it, so. I mean, if they sell a certain amount, we should actually see royalties because they didn't pay a lot of money for this. Mm-hmm. You know, the original, the original label that put it out, they paid a good advance, which included a budget to do it analog. You know, with flying people to L.A., hotels, and you know, recording studio. We we're in the studio two or three weeks, then mastering it and mixing it. You know, there was a decent budget. You know, mm-hmm. but they just got the re, you know, the finished product and paid peanuts for it you know yeah when you guys did these covers and and vince got to sing rock and roll and you did a couple vocals were there discussions there that that um maybe mark just didn't want to sing those songs or did you ask to sing those songs we always we always in all our records we always split the vocals around Mm -hmm. i don't know if tim sang anything i I think he made he chose not to no but uh you know we we always would throw vocals around. If you look at any of our albums, I sang People Get Ready on the first album. I sang uh, Faceless People and on the third album. In the fourth album, me and Mark sang Where Is, Where Is Happiness together, you know? And so we always kind of threw the vocals around and, and Tim sang one, Vinny sang one. Mark sang most of them. Yeah. Because he's got an amazing voice. Even his age, he's still singing like that. Yeah. I can't you hear my voice is all scratchy. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know if it's age or if it's, you know, reflux or whatever it is. <laughs> I can't hit the high notes like I used to hit. Yeah. Uh, I noticed on the vanillafudge.com that you have a couple of uh, dates this fall in um, Harrisburg and I think Long Island. Are you guys trying to get more live shows? Well, we've always played dates you know, since 2001. You know, in 2005 with the original band, and then, you know, we had the original band. And Tim wanted to leave; he didn't want to go on the road no more. We got this guy Pete; he's been with us 10 years. Mm-hmm. So we've always done shows. We've done hippie fest. We've done cruises. We've done all that. So it's not about trying to get more dates. We, you know, we're always trying to do shows because we love to play. Yeah. You know, the Harrisburg date is out, by the way. Oh, is it? It should be. We told them to take it off the website. Okay. The, the date with the rascals is on on November 13th. And then uh, we got dates into 2023. But you know, we don't, we don't do big tours anymore because nobody wants to do a big tour anymore. Yeah. You know, and nobody wants to sit in a bus, you know, <laughs> and we want to go out, do three days in close ratio. We sit in a, 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 a splinter van and we drive to the gig 150 miles, 200 miles, and in there for three or four hours and we do the gig. Yeah, and we go to hotel, do it the next day, and third day, fourth day, we go home, and then two weekends later, we do the same thing. You know, it's not about doing these. You know, like uh, friends with Iron Maiden with uh, Nico, he he left his house in Florida in April. He's coming home next week. 
has been on tour the whole time, rehearsing and on tour. We're too old for that. <laughs> Talk to Mick Mars, who's uh, touring with Motley Crue. He just gave up his, his seat in touring with Motley Crue. And John Five's going to tour with them. He said, man, we, we did our final tours last year. You know, so now we're out again doing this, this major tour with Def Leppard. And he said, I don't want to do it no more. He says, I'm sick of being in a bus. You know? Yeah, I can't blame him. I want to go out and he's going to do a solo album and and go out and do some gigs. I said, look, if you you need anyone to play drums, I'll I'll play with you. He goes, oh, that would be great. So maybe I'll do some gigs with him. But that's not going to be like big tours. Yeah. It'll be a weekend, maybe somewhere and then go home. Two weeks later, maybe a weekend and go home. You know, and quite honestly, I'm trying to fit everything in. I got King Cobra now. I got these speaking gigs, storytelling gigs. Mm-hmm. I got, uh, I'm putting together my Rod experience thing because I went to see Rod in January and I noticed out of his whole set, I was involved in eight of the 12 songs. And I see everybody getting off on it. I said, man, I should be playing these songs. I did it a few years ago and I went to China with it, to Macau. I went to different gigs. I had a guy that looks like Rod. I had a few members of the Rod Stewart band that were in it. And all those members, one of them passed away. One of them can't go on the road. The other one can't go on the road. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to get some guys together around where I live and keep the singer and put together a new sizzle reel and go out and try and do this again because I want to play these bands. Now tribute bands are so big. Yeah. Are you also doing cactus shows? We're going to do a few cactus shows. Last year, this year we did Vanilla Fudge Cactus, my brother, and uh, some clinics, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty good because considering the COVID situation, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I want to keep playing until I can't play anymore, you know. Sure. That's, that's the idea. Whether it's making millions of dollars or just thousands of dollars, you know, all the big money for me in my career has been made, you know. And now I have a nice lifestyle where I live. And uh, I'm in New York now. We have a place in New York and a place in Florida. And uh, I do real estate on the side. I like that. You know, I got some cool cars. I drive cars. <laughs> and, you know, I got a good lifestyle. My kids are doing good. My daughter's a special effects makeup artist. Nice. She was just up for uh, an Emmy, Emmy nomination. And she did Star Trek uh, Picard this year. Okay. And we all went to the Emmys. That was interesting. My son is medical. He's doing great. So, you know, my family's doing great. My brother's still doing great. And, uh, you know, I'm a happy guy.
you look relaxed. I mean, you looked relaxed last year. I think last year when I talked to you, you were at your Florida home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I got the studio there. I could just walk through studio and work on like, you know, the way that, that running up the hill came, I, I was managing this group called Kodiak for a couple of years. And they, they broke up with the two brothers, a guitar player and, and a drummer. And I called the father. I said, how are they doing? He says, you know, we just got hundreds of thousands of hits. They redid the theme song for Stranger Days. I said, no kidding. So, of course, anytime something like that happens, a light goes off in my head. You know, how could we take advantage of something like that? So then I thought about, I started hearing about this Kate Bush song. that came off that, that uh, episode. I'm watching the show now, and I see it's, it's in there quite a bit. I see why it's got the attention. Yeah. So I looked at the charts. I got a Billboard magazine because we, we did an ad for Cleopatra Records in there. Me and Pat Travis and my manager, because my manager was Pat Travis too. So we did that. And I look at the charts, and that song's number four. In the Billboard singles, I said, wow. I said, maybe we should do an instrumental version of that and kind of do what we did with Vanilla Fudge and you keep it hanging on. Just when that thing fell off the charts, our song came out and went up the charts. You know? <laughs> so it's a whole different time. Yeah. And I talked to Brian, who's, um, you know, all my stuff's coming out in Cleopatra now. And like my, my major label, you know? Yeah. And I said, what do you think? He goes, Interesting. Let's try it. So we we did the version. I played it for me. Loved it. So now we're doing a video with a, you know, we're doing a proper video with the videographer does TV shows and and the guy who put it together was the entertainment photographer of USA Today. He said, I'll take pictures of it and I'll put it in USA Today. And when you do your storytelling, I'll take pictures of that. Mm -hmm. So he's like really behind me, you know. So we're going to do the video and then we're going to pick a day to release it and then try and release it and give it a push. You never know. Never know. Never um, know. Are, are you going to be playing some of these Zeppelin songs on your, you know, with fudge uh, later? We this play year? them. We do play. I can't remember if I told you at the last interview. <laughs> now we do do uh, days and confused and into, into babe. I'm going to leave you. Starts singing out just himself, and then the band comes in kicking butt, mm -hmm. and then we end that, and then we go into the solo of Days and Confused, you know, and then we do the last verse of Days and Confused and end it, and the audience goes absolutely berserko usually, you know, they yeah. love it, they love it, just like I was talking about, you know, stopping the name of love comes alive when you play it, when you know, when when 
we did it in the studio. Yeah, we did it in the studio. But when we started playing the live, that's when it really comes together as a live piece, you know? Yeah. And those two songs get great, great reactions when we do it. So we do we do that just before the end. That's the last song in the set. We don't do Hang It On yet. And then we come back and do Hang It On, and the place really gets wild. You know? Yeah, for sure. For when that one... And that one happens, uh, I imagine everybody just loses their minds. But uh, I'm glad you brought up Fool in the Rain, because for me, that's a, a Zeppelin song that it's just kind of OK. But I, I like your version of it. And I think that's actually my favorite performance by you on the record is is the way that you you your drumming kind of brings something new out of that song for me. I'd have to hear it. I haven't yeah. heard it in so long. <laughs> yeah, it's you been know? a few years since you've recorded yeah, it. And obviously, yeah, you, yeah. And you, we play you, it. You know, we never played it live. And uh, I'd have to hear it. I, I don't even remember what I did on that song. <laughs> you know, I tried to emulate the groove that Bonzo had. Yeah. You know, but I, I did my own thing with it. I'm sure. when i'm done i'm gonna watch i'm gonna go on youtube and listen to it yeah i think you should it's good i like it one of the other things too that i like about what you guys do with these songs is that and you've always done this with your covers you 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 change up the vocal arrangements a little bit you add little a yes. little more flair to it yeah. um that's just always been a staple of vanilla fudge when did yeah. you guys really first start doing that was it like right from the beginning when that you started the beginning when, when this whole fad started in long island it was called production numbers. Everyone just slowed down stuff and made it big. It was Leslie West was in the Vagrants. The Vagrants were big. We had Vanilla Fudge. You had uh, the Hassles had Billy Joel. And there's uh, Richard Super was in the Rich Kids who went on to be a good songwriter. With, he wrote Pink and a few other songs for Aerosmith. You know, So, you know, we always did it from the beginning because we were the only ones that had four-part harmony and four lead singers in the band. And we were instrumentally better than all the other bands. You know, so we started doing that from the beginning. Uh, 1968, Billboard magazine used to have the uh, the awards and the magazine itself. You know, and it was the Beatles were number one for vocals. We were number two in 1968. You know, so that showed us that we were doing something right with the vocals. You know, yeah. So we always just did that because we were. I sang doo wop in the Brooklyn streets and in the subways when I was a teenage. So did Mark Stein. So we sang vocals without any instruments, you know, so we knew how to create chords and harmonies and, and lead vocals and different vocal parts together. So between me and Mark, we showed Vinny and Timmy how to do the vibrato, you know, and then we always arranged the vocals. So it was almost like a doo-wop group in front of 
you know, in front of the band playing the music. Yeah. It, even, it's you know interesting uh, that you say that because it's so, it's so hard to imagine you guys singing around a trash can the way, you know, like Frankie Valley did. Yeah. <laughs> or did. Dion. <laughs> it's funny as you mentioned a trash can because uh, the King Cobra song we did is called We Are Warriors. So I found this guy in Long Island that's TGI. So it starts off like uh, talking about the whiskey in, in L.A. So the guy creates scenes, right? So when I did my video, I did it with a green screen. So he creates scenes. So as experiments, he just puts us in the scene. So we're going to take a scene and make it like the movie, The Warriors. Okay. Right? We're going to be in subways. We're going to be on Coney Island. We're going to be where there's all the gang writing against the wall. You know, but he creates a scene. And one of the scenes he created on the test was a garbage can with fire coming out, burning. Mm -hmm. with a fire in it and i'm next to it with the drums playing <laughs> you know yeah so okay. it's really really interesting stuff you know i'm covering some new ground which i like you know yeah that's good i'm you know it's great that you're still doing a lot of stuff i don't know how you have time for all of it because there's so many projects you're involved in uh, what's the next is there another guitar zeus coming mm, no the, the nearest thing to the guitar zeus is the a piece per domo album. We, mm -hmm. uh, did I tell you the people on it? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I did, yep. right? Some great yeah, guests. Yeah, so some great guests. And I could put more on it if I want, you know, but, you know, I didn't want to make it like a guitar Zeus because we released a box set. I just had a guy call me today. He said, man, that guitar Zeus is unbelievable. When did you do that? I said, 1995. He said, that should be on Octane right now. He said, it's right in with what's going on right now. I said, yeah, it should be, but, you know, the labels don't do that anymore, you know? So, you know, we made a box set of it, and they're trying to sell it. Yeah. Yeah, but the, for me, it's the I'm, the, I'm really proud of that project because, you know, it was a series. I did a whole bunch of things. I had so many great guitar players on it. And me, Tony, and, and Kelly that put it all together. And singers, and you know, I had Doug Pinnock, I had Edgar Winter, you know, and I had... Bob Daisley and Tony Franklin and all the great guitar players. And it was really a project that I put together. It came out of my brain, you know, like all these other things, like King Cobra was my project. And, you know, I'm really proud of it. And maybe it's because I'm not bigger than I should be because I never stuck with one thing. <laughs> you know, I kept doing this and doing that because I like, like pioneering things, you know, yeah. doing different things. Like uh, people go, aren't you – Aren't you sick of playing hanging on for 50 years? I didn't play it for 50 years. I stopped in 1970 and I didn't play it again until 2001. <laughs> you know, so I didn't play it for 31 years. Yeah. Maybe that's why Vanilla Fudge, you know, lost the momentum, you know, like bands that stayed together through all those years are still drawing bigger people, you know, but yeah. you know, I just like, I just like to do different things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you keep you keep it fresh. You always have throughout your whole career. So yeah. you know, whether it's whether it's King Cobra or DNA or any of the many projects oh, you've been about DNA. With. <laughs> you know, I got yeah. to the point where I used to do like I just comment a piece from Vanilla Fudge, Cactus, BBA, Ted Nugent, Ozzy, DNA, blah blah. It got the list got started getting too long, so I just stopped doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean the last the last interview <laughs> said I'm surprised that the Rock Hall of Fame didn't you pick pick you up for like that musician, you know, when they give him an award for the musician. 
I said, I didn't even know about that until a couple of years ago. So <laughs> I said, yeah, maybe one day. Yeah. Carmine, it's been great talking to you about uh, this uh, Led Zeppelin tribute album or cover album, however you want to look at it. It's, yeah, it's really good. I was doing a little bit of a comparison between the tracks from out through the indoor and the, the new one and the new one does sound cleaned up and, and, uh, and fresher. So I, I hope it does well. And, yeah. uh, you know, obviously you're, you're still out there with vanilla fudge. You're going to be out there again with King Cobra and cactus. You got a lot going on. Uh, we love to see Thank it. You. We love to hear it and, uh, keep, keep doing your thing, man. This, this has been fun. A, a legendary drummer, Carmine apiece. Thank you for your time today. Thank you, brother. See you soon. Michael's Record Collection is hosted and produced by Michael Citro. Logo graphic courtesy of Jerry Cutchins. Follow Michael's Record Collection on social media, at Mike's Records on Twitter, and Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you like what you hear, you can support the show through our Patreon at patreon.com slash michaelsrecordcollection. For the free newsletter version, go to substack.com and just type Michael's Record Collection into the search bar. Thanks for listening.